welcome to the Ease of Business podcast for the enlightened entrepreneur, hosted by Lisa Shermerhorn and Celeste Hartwell. Here is where we help disruptors gain clarity on how to make a bigger impact while living a life of abundance through reading amazing books that have helped us in business. Thanks so much for joining us and let's get into it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Ease of Business Podcast. And my name is Celeste Hartwell. And I'm so honored to be joined by my beautiful co-host, Lisa Schumerhorn. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much. This is so much fun. And this is like one of my favorite books ever. (laughs) Yes. So I'm going to put it up on the screen. So if you're watching us on YouTube, but if you're not, we this month, we are talking about the four agreements by don miguel ruiz i probably just totally killed his name but we're so (laughs) excited about this book um so yeah so lisa let's get into it because i know you were trying to like get into some juicy stuff like right as we started and we were like wait 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 let's start recording (laughs) you know you know what's so funny is that i was talking to a friend of mine about this book and they go i haven't read it yet but i know it's tom brady's favorite And yeah, so Tom Brady reads it every year. So if you're a New England Patriots fan or now a Tampa Bay fan. (laughs) That is so fascinating. Yeah. But um, the four agreements, um, for those of you who don't know anything about Don Miguel Ruiz, he is a descendant of, he's a Toltec. So if you think about the Aztecs and the Mayans and the Toltecs. um, So he has had his wisdom. Yes, passed down from generation to generation. Um, and he he brings us into their wisdom. And you think that these are very simple agreements, and they are, and yet they're not easy to do. But he starts out the book, and I took pages of notes to talk about because this is right up my alley, and I know you are as coaches dealing with mindset. He starts out with the idea of dreaming and how we're all in a dream. And the confines of when we're born, we're even taught how to dream. Like there's so much of us that's not even us. We don't even know who we are because, you know, we talk about, okay, the American dream or the Irish dream, whatever that is, that is programmed into us. So we don't even dream our own dreams. We don't even know who we are. Would we have selected the religion that we are now if we had an opportunity to choose? We're born into these things. So I found, you know, just listening to his, his, um, you know, conversation about the dream um, and that we pretend um, to be who we are to please others. And um, there's so much goodness just in that sentence. Yeah, there's so much. But to get into the actual four agreements. um, Well, I just want to pause you for a moment because there was one thing that like as I was, you know, going back through this book, something really stood out to me today um, in that first, you know, when he's talking about the dream in the first chapter and it's like domestication 
and yes. the dream of the planet. And it's like, we have been domesticated. Like we talk about domestic animals, right? Like cats and dogs, but we as human beings have been domesticated in a big way. And I found this really, really fascinating. He says 95% of the beliefs we have stored in our minds are nothing but lies. And we suffer because we believe these lies. We and don't I, see the truth because of our false beliefs that keep us from seeing the truth. Right. Right. And I, I love that. I mean, especially you and I, Lisa, are both mindset coaches. We both help people progress out of the beliefs that are not serving them anymore. But it just was such a fascinating thing because they are a lot of what we've grown up to believe and been cultivated. And, you know, I talk a lot about programming and reprogramming. And I also work with human design, which is like, they talk about conditioning and deconditioning. Um, it's so interesting, because when you realize the truth of who we are, what we are, what we're capable of, the sky is not even the limit. Like it's so mind blowing, which is part of the reason why we live in the lie because our brains can't really like comprehend the truth of what's available to us. And he even talks about beliefs that are rooted in fear, mm. expend a lot of energy. They're exhausting yes, they versus are. beliefs that are rooted in love actually will bring you energy. So it's a good barometer to use to have a sense is this belief really mine? Is this rooted in fear? Is this exhausting me? Or is this giving me energy? Right. And it's so true. We get so excited about things like this. We both talked about how tired we were today. And then we get on and we're like, Oh, my God, let's talk about this because this is our stuff. It is, you know, it's so interesting, right? Like when we're excited and when we're in alignment, like that's what comes up for me. Like when we're really like doing what our soul desires us to be doing, which is what in alignment means for me, like then it's easy. And it's like all of a sudden I do have a well of energy. I do have like, I'm excited to talk about this and have this conversation. Um, and I love like what came up for me when you were talking about, you know, is this, you know, coming from fear to me, like the flip side of that, is it coming from love? Like, is it, you know, and I don't remember if you actually said that, but to me, that's what that is. Like, is this, right. am I making a decision based on fear or am I making a decision based on love? And I think it's such an easy uh, strategy, tip, etc. that tangible thing that each of us can do when we're making a decision, right? Just to like take a moment, take a breath. Is this giving me energy? Is it giving me life force? Is it made from love? Or am I feeling depleted because I'm doing this thing? Am I in fear if I don't show up and do this thing? having a lot of ahas in this exact moment about my last couple of days of <laughs> being in a, you know, just wanting to also, but also getting to the four agreements, being impeccable with my word, right? Like I stated that I would show up in this way for this event. So anyway, that's kind of a lead into the first agreement. <laughs> you know, I, I love, I love this, the first, the, the first agreement is really the powerhouse that the other ones yeah. lead off of. Yeah. And he talks about the power of the spoken word and that it's really magic. So there's, you know, there's black magic when you're speaking negative, when you're gossiping. And that's what you're manifesting versus love and white magic 
when you're actually manifesting in a good way. And he talks in detail about being impeccable word with your word is not just about truth and lying. It's about your actions and deeds in everything you do and sovereignty, alignment. It's everything. And it was interesting because this book has impacted me because it's caused me to make decisions that I always think of the right thing to do. So it doesn't mean that I'm always going to make the right decision at the time. But then I look at it again and I'm like, did I do this? Did I hurt someone? Did I do something? And then what I've been doing is revisiting that and apologizing right away, correcting situations to be impeccable because we we do the best we can. And that's one of the other um, one of the other uh, agreements. Yeah. But it made me feel more empowered. It made me feel better. Even though I was admitting to someone that I did something inadvertently, I didn't mean to hurt them, but speaking up and stating it brought a whole new energy to me. It is. It's like, it's like you're releasing what you thought you should be doing. Right. And like releasing that energy, that energy of like doing things out of fear instead of like just being honest. Well, yeah, but I could have said nothing because yeah, something this person was wondering how someone found out about something and it was me and it was in best intentions. It's a long story, yeah. but I went to, and if I had kept my mouth shut, no one would have known. And I said, by the way, I just want you to know that I was the one who'd said this and this is why. And they were like, oh, okay. I understand why you did that now. So it cleared the air, got everything out in the public. Whereas before I might've kept my mouth shut and not admitted to it and then felt guilty. And so it was like, I want to live my life without any guilt or fear. I yes. want to be fearless and I want to be in integrity and I want to be sovereign in alignment and being impeccable with your word is so much of that. I love that. And I love how you started off talking about like, when we're speaking against something, it's like black magic. And when we're speaking for something or someone, it's like white magic because that I actually highlighted that part, which was like your word is pure magic and the misuse of your word is black magic. And what came up for me when I like revisited that was what oftentimes what we're not taught, what we don't understand is that every thought and every word is a prayer and so yes. when we're thinking positive things for other people, we're sending out positive energy, not only to that person, but also to ourselves. And when we're gossiping or speaking ill of someone or an organization or whatnot, like we're sending negative energy to them. And whether they receive that or not is like on them and it's up to them as to whether they agree to do that. But it's also like reflecting it back on us. And it really is not healthy. And this is not to say like all of a sudden I need to beat myself up for have guilt and shame for all the bad things that I've said about people in the past and da 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 da. No, it's just like an opportunity to like practice self-compassion. Like you didn't know until you knew you did the best you could in yeah. every situation up until this point. And now that you know, you can like work to be a little bit better every single day. 
Self-compassion is critical in this where he talks about really self-degradation and beating yourself as the worst sin that you can commit. Yes. And uh, that was powerful as well. Just reading that and seeing those words, it's just a lot of reflection. This is one of those books that you can have next to your bed or wherever you, you know, pick up a book and just randomly open it up and read a paragraph and get that golden nugget. You don't have to read it in order, although I recommend reading in order, but you're going to get something out of every page. And it's one of those books too. I put this in the copy, but it's one of those books that I know that a lot of people go back to every single year just to refresh. And I love you were speaking about this, Lisa, right before we started recording, which was like, when you picked it up again, you were like, wow, it's so interesting who I am now compared to the last time that I read this book and what is landing in this moment is different. And, and there was a powerful quote that I wrote down. Lies are one side of a sword with black magic. The other side of truth has the power to break the spell of black magic. Only the truth will set you free. How powerful the light and the truth are. Yeah. And that always speak your truth. The truth always finds its way out. It's always the best way to go is speak your truth. I always say, speak from your heart, speak your truth. I love that because I feel like often we think that there's some truth, truth. And there is, there are definitely some divine truths, but often like it's all about our personal experience and like what we're going through. And so I love how you said it, Lisa, which is like, speak from your heart. If you're speaking from your heart, then that's your divine truth. That's your personal truth. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And not, and again, evaluating that it's not coming from fear, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, so we ready for the second one, the second agreement, or did you have anything more? I think we talked about the second agreement. That's what we just did. Oh, no, no. No. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Don't take anything personally. Right. Yes. We, as we said earlier, we're tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got, we got this. We're impeccable with our word. We're showing up. We're doing what we said that we would. <laughs> but yeah. you know what? You talked about this about the black magic spell that he talks about about people saying things. If you don't think, take anything personally. Yeah. Whatever someone says to you can't impact you and affect you. Exactly. And one of my favorite sayings is what you think of me is, is none of my business. I love that saying too, because it is so true. Like, that's the thing. I think that we forget sometimes because we are brought up with other human beings and we care and we have kind hearts. We think that when somebody says something negative about us or something a little bit critical or something that we don't like, whatever that is. We think that like we're wrong and we need to change it. We need it. And it actually has nothing to do with us. Like it has everything to do with them. And if we remember like where our hearts are and what our intentions are, then we can't really be bothered with other people's judgments or ideas about who we should be or how we should show up or any of that. And one of the, there, I highlighted a paragraph in here, which I love, which is if someone gives you an opinion and says, hey, you look so fat, 
don't take it personally because the truth is that this person is dealing with his or her own feelings, beliefs, and opinions. That person tried to send poison to you. And if you take it personally, then you take that poison and it becomes yours. Taking things personally makes you easy prey for those predators, the black magicians. They can hook you easily with one little opinion and feed you whatever poison they want. And because you take it personally, you eat it up. But if it were that easy to not do that, you and I would be without a job. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's facts. I mean, that's what I always tell clients. I'm like, it's a practice. It's a practice. It is a practice. This whole human experience is a practice. But as children, we don't know that. We don't have that wisdom. And we look up to our parents and we think that everyone who's older than us knows everything. Everyone knows more than we do. So we give our power away. We learn. We, you know, it's very few kids that will actually come out and start to, you know, really speak up against their parents. And I know some. I mean, I I know one in particular who like basically came out of the womb telling everybody where to go and what to do and over time got got shut down. Domesticated. Domesticated into a way so that now that person like suffers pretty high anxiety Yeah. Um, because they're not listening to their own guidance, their own heart, their own intuition because they were shut down. They were domesticated. Yeah. 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 It's hard because we have to navigate in this world. Right. So we are domesticated in order to navigate because if we're out of control and we're not taught certain things, how do we make a living? How do we have relationships? So it's very hard to, to discern. There has to be a discernment of what do I take on and what don't I? And acknowledging that I'm doing this because it's I'm supposed to do it in order to survive, not because it's my belief system. Right. And I, and, and we are social creatures by nature, right? Like we, we all want to please others because our survival depends on other people. Like it really does, even though we're not in a tribe anymore and we can't be kicked out the way that we used to be. Like we do need other people to survive and support us. And, and we, we crave that love. We crave that connection. So it makes sense why we've been domesticated and we can undomesticate ourselves. (laughs) Well, it depends. Like I look at certain school systems and they, where they've squashed creativity and they've taken away, you know, really um, critical thinking. Whereas, you know, everyone does math the same way and has to come up with their answers the exact same way. And you don't get credit for even partial or trying because if you get one thing wrong, it's everything is so very black and white. And and so I think in that case that the domestication of people are afraid because of testing to speak up because they're afraid they're going to be wrong and they'll be judged you know? Yeah. So th- there's a lot that we have to overcome. Um, it, it's, it's not that easy. And, and it sounds simple. Like these are four agreements. Um, I don't know. Do you, are you ready for the next one or does yeah, there anything let's more? Do it. So the other one is don't make assumptions. And I remember I had a, I had a teacher who literally wrote this on the board. You know, when you assume you make out an ass out of you and me, 
And it's always stuck with me. And it's true because people project onto other people, their own problems, their own wounds. When someone starts to complain about someone else's weight or makes, you know, things about someone's hair or their clothes or their, you know, house or their car or whatever they do or their profession. It's not about you. Right. It's not. Yeah. And what comes up for me too is like this don't make assumptions. Like our minds love to make meaning about everything, right? Like we hear that somebody couldn't attend an event, say a family event or whatever. And it's like all of a sudden, well, I'm sure it's because of da 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 da. Like we create a story around other people's decisions when the fact of the matter is we don't know. We have no idea. It could be a million different things. It could be that they just don't feel well. It could be that they're that you know they had a really rough day the day before or that day or like there's so many different things or you know we don't need to jump to conclusions right exactly yeah that's exactly right so with the with the assumptions you know one of the things that I've really worked hard on is to remain as neutral as possible in situations to be the observer and just watch and ask questions um, I don't need to react. And and one, I was with a teacher on Sunday and they were talking about when you're deliberate and slow around things and creative and being present, you become a creator versus having to do things. Boom, 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 boom. You become more like a robot and you're not, yeah. and you're becoming reactionary. That's exactly what I was just going to say. It's, it's, it's being reactive instead of being proactive, right? Exactly. So when you're present and you observe instead of triggering your own wound, letting someone, because if someone says something to me and I take it on, that means I believe it. Right. Right. If I say, no, not mine, then I'm not impacted. I'm not, it's not mine. And I immediately, I'm like, that's theirs, not mine. And I can walk away. Right. But it takes a lot of work to get there, doesn't it? It does. And I like when you're talking about that, Lisa, two things come up for me, which is one is like one of the lessons that I've had to learn in my life. Um, Because I grew up just being full speed ahead, do all the things, go, 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 go. Right. And I, and to be fair, I think our society teaches that. And what I learned, what it was a really interesting lesson a couple of years ago, which was like, if I slow down, it's like when you slow down, you actually speed up. Yes. But you have to take a moment. And the other thing that came up for me around that, the way you were talking was this is where having some sort of meditative practice really helps hone that skill in a way that I don't think anything else does. And it is, it's a practice because I know that for me, like when I was in that go, 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 A, it was exhausting. I mean, I just didn't have the energy to sustain it, but B, like I couldn't even think of another way of being until I started meditating on a regular basis. And I started seeing myself like things would happen and I would see the trigger, like I would see like, and I just have enough space to not necessarily react the way that I had 
you know, always done it before. And it just gave me a little bit more space. And, and that creates healthier relationships with everyone around you because people feel that people feel when you think something specific about them, et cetera, et cetera. So exactly, exactly. And then we have the last one, which is always do your best. And, and think about this, that the people you are with are doing their best. This is one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself and your relationships for, you know, in, in a situation with parents and loved ones and friends that you're really struggling with and, and you go inward and go, they're doing their best. They're just doing the best that they can. And doing your best could mean today you went through 12 hour day and hard and running tomorrow your best maybe a two hour day right day and that's okay and honor that that it's okay that honoring no that because tomorrow you may feel well tomorrow you may not feel well tomorrow you may may be tired so is you're always doing your best i love that because you're saying it without saying it which is and your best shifts from day to day and it shifts from moment to moment. And I like when we're talking about, you know, this fourth agreement of like always doing your best with the other thing that comes up for me is it, it is such a deep practice of self-compassion and the way you're saying it, Lisa, like having that compassion for other people, like, you know, I think about those of us who have had traumatic upbringings or abuse in the past or right. in past relationships or whatever. And I do understand, I want to acknowledge that it does take some, you know, healing to get to this place, but to be able to be like, oh, well, that person was doing their best at that moment in time, whether it was ideal or not, they were doing the best that they could with the information that they had, with the tools that they had, with the, you know, life. All of it, the imprinting, the damage, the wounding, all of that. And and that's a big step in forgiveness. And when you forgive, it's a form of purification. Mm. What people don't understand is that when you forgive, it's not about the other person. It's about you not carrying And so when you forgive, you purify yourself. And then what happens when you purify, you start manifesting like crazy. I have seen with my own eyes, I I was part of a a forgiveness group using the ancient Hawaiian form of of healing uh, the Ho'oponopono. And it's a simple prayer. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And there was a group we were meeting weekly. And the miracles that were happening, and you Mm. could say it's coincidence, you're welcome to say it's coincidence, but every single person who had things that they were struggling with or people they were struggling with for a lifetime, years, were being solved and and things were shifting, transformed overnight. So, so when you, when you look at someone with this in the state of compassion and you look and you say, they're doing the best they can get out of judgment and just love them for where they're coming from. You don't have to be spending time with them. You don't have to like them, 
But having compassion and love for them and knowing that they're doing the best they can will shift the way you see them. Yeah, I think love sometimes doesn't mean that we're going to be besties and we're going to talk all the time, right? right? Love sometimes just means like, I respect where you are and I don't need you to change for me, right? And, you know, I, I think that that's often a misconception when people like hear about forgiveness work. It doesn't mean that I, I, I'm all of a sudden going to go to my ex who was super abusive and yeah. be like, oh, my God, we should be friends now. Like, no, I don't desire that person in my life. I bless him. I release him. I'm grateful for the lessons that I learned. And I forgive him. And I forgive myself for, like, going through those things. Yeah. Right? And And understand that I was doing the best that I could in that moment, as was he, mm-hmm. with who we were in that time frame, that doesn't mean that I need to invite him back into my life because the majority of the people are not doing this deep kind of, you know, like emotional healing work. And so it's not going to be a healthy situation and just, but just allowing him to be where he is. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And there's someone for everyone. (laughs) Yeah. I have an amazing person now. I'm very happy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like he taught me what I did desire and what I didn't desire. Exactly. And that is an important thing to learn on this human journey to like continually be refining and, and fine tuning, uh, you know, what it is that I want to create. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. Do you have anything else you want to add about this book, Lisa? All I can say is there are certain books that are good to have in your pocket and and to read. And there's some books that are a must have. Yeah. And, and what I will say is if you have the resources and the time, pick it up, it's a quick read and, and it will change your life. It's one of those, those books that will really make you think about things in your life. And uh, I can't wait to read. He has, he has read, uh, written several others. There's the mastery of love and a couple of other books. And then his son wrote um, the agreement, correct? I don't know. Was Was it his son? It's his son. It's not him. Okay, well, I put it down incorrectly then. <laughs> so let me delete out that. But. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I have in the other room, and I have not. Um, uh, I have not um, read it yet. Um, yeah. So this is a beautiful intro, Lisa. So next yeah. month, when we come live on the third Tuesday, which will be. Tuesday, July 19th at 7 p.m. Eastern, both on Facebook and YouTube, if you want to catch us live. Um, We are going to be talking about the fifth agreement because I've actually never read it before. Lisa's never read it before. And the four agreements is such a a time-tested classic that is like always, always, always in style. Um, I'm really curious about the fifth agreement and like what's going to be in that one. Yeah, I think it's written by both of them. It has both their names, Don Miguel Ruiz and Don Jose Ruiz. So both okay. of them wrote that together. So that's nice. where what comes from. Yeah. I don't know, look it Perfect. Up. So 
Well, I am really looking forward to it. Um, again, I totally concur with Lisa. I totally agree. Uh, if you do not own this book, it is such a short little book. Like if you're watching the video, like it's super small. It's it's an easy read and it's 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 just a must have. It's just a must have. That's the only thing I can say about it. So and just pick up the book and read a page at a time. You'll get gems on, in every yeah. paragraph. For sure. You will be happy that you did it. So <laughs> my name is Celeste Hartwell. And thank you, Lisa Shermerhorn, for being with us tonight. I don't know why my camera is all fuzzy now. Turning. I know. Um, I was noticing that. Yeah. Well, I picked up the book and it didn't refocus back. Oh, on me. it didn't refocus. <laughs> Whatever. Put it back it is here. what it is. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you like it, please feel free to share. Uh, share it with a friend who maybe loves this book. Maybe somebody you know who could really benefit from this. We would really, really appreciate it. If you want to learn more about myself, Lisa, or the podcast, you can find us at theeaseofbusiness.com. And we would love to hear what's going on with you. You can sign up for our mailer there as well to find out about our upcoming books. If you want to read along with us, we would love that. And with that, thank you so much. And we will see you next month. This has been the Ease of Business podcast for enlightened entrepreneurs hosted by Lisa Schumerhorn and Celeste Hartwell. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find us at theeaseofbusiness.com on our Facebook page and on YouTube at the Ease of Business Podcast. We stream live on YouTube and Facebook every third Tuesday of the month. And we'd love it if you'd like to read the book that we're doing next and join in the conversation live at 7 p.m. Eastern. See you.